The accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba presents the 27th College Football Hall of Fame season of Fighting Irish Preview. And now, the Guadalupe's Mexican Grill kickoff with your host, Phil Houck. Week 1, Dublin. The Irish came out hot and burned the Navy 42-3, and Sam Hartman became the real deal. In Week 2 against first-time opponent Tennessee State, the offensive role continued in a 56-3 trouncing. Week 3 against North Carolina State was the first Power 5 road test for the Irish, and they aced it. 45 to 24. Last week, the Irish notched win number four over Central Michigan, 41 to 17, with a couple of long TDs to Tobias Merriweather and Chris Tyree, and a big game from Audric Estime. The Irish are 4 0 with the Ohio State Buckeyes in the crosshairs. And that brings us to Andy Pilney. An Indy running back from 1933 to 1935, Pilney never started a game for the Irish. He had had some moments, but would have been all but forgotten were it not for a heroic performance against Ohio State in 1935. In November of that year, both teams were undefeated, and Ohio State was ranked the number one team in the nation. 81,000 showed up in Columbus expecting to see their Buckeyes take out the Irish. The matchup had caught the national imagination, and long before around-the-clock TV sports, radio stations and newspapers from all over showed up and gave the game a national footprint. The Buckeyes took a 13-0 halftime lead, but Notre Dame made halftime adjustments and bottled up the Buckeyes the rest of the game. And that's when second-string running back Andy Pilney enters the story. In the fourth quarter, with the Irish still trailing 13-0, Pilney led an Irish charge with his passing, running, tackling, and punt returns. He first gave the Irish field position with a 28-yard punt return. Then he passed the Irish down to the goal line, and the score went to 13-6 with the clock ticking down. The Irish got the ball back with just three minutes remaining. Starting at their own 20, Pilney went to work. The Irish went 80 yards on the drive. Pilney caught a pass and completed two others, including a 15-yarder for a touchdown. But the Irish missed the extra point, and it was 13-12 with less than two minutes remaining. After a failed onside kick attempt, the Irish recovered a fumble, which of course was forced by Pilney. The Irish took over in their own territory, and Pilney came through again. He faked a pass, found a hole up the middle, and willed himself over and around tacklers 36 yards to the Ohio State 19. That was the last down of football Pilney would ever play for Notre Dame. During that scramble, Pilney suffered a devastating knee injury. But there were still 32 seconds on the clock, and the Irish were 19 yards away from winning the game. Pilney, racked with pain, watched the remaining action from a stretcher and lightning struck one more time. With the clock ticking down, two All-Americans hooked up. Bill Shakespeare hit Wayne Milner to cover the 19 yards, and a stunning 18-13 comeback victory was complete. Pilney had given everything, including his last measure of effort, in leading the furious Irish comeback to victory. Many in the press and on the radio reported it as the greatest game they had ever seen, and the capacity crowd of Buckeye fans left their stadium in a daze. And this week, the Irish face 
a season-defining game, and it is against that same old nemesis, Ohio State. And going back to 1996, Ohio State has now defeated the Irish five straight times. For the love of Andy Pilney, it is time for that streak to come to an end. Guadalupe's Mexican Grill, now with locations on Illinois, Leo, and DuPont Roads, and in Georgetown Square. Guadalupe's Food Made Fresh. Now, stay tuned for Fighting Irish Insight. From America's foremost authority on Notre Dame football, Tim Priester, Senior Editor of IrishIllustrated.com. After these words from Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, Sheer McCulloch Auctioneers, and Flight by Yingling. 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories. It's the next generation of light beer. This is Fighting Irish Preview. The University of Notre Dame exemplifies dedication to hard work, integrity, and personal values, which result in success in the classroom and on the football field. The professionals at Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, like Notre Dame, know the same dedication, and their experience and expertise provide peace of mind for you and your business. Tax planning, tax compliance, auditing, business valuation, and estate planning, the full-service accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, like the Irish, has what it takes to help you achieve success. Located in Fort Wayne near Jefferson Point, Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba proudly supports Notre Dame football and congratulates all those who are a part of the greatest tradition in all of sports. Go Irish! Flight by Yingling is the next generation of light beer. For those who don't follow trends, but craft them. Flight by Yingling is 12 ounces of uncompromised refreshment from America's oldest brewery. With only 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories, this is premium refreshment, six generations in the making. Don't just raise a glass, raise the bar. Flight by Yingling. Available wherever beer is sold. DG Yingling and Sun Incorporated. Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Please enjoy responsibly. Now back to Fighting Irish Preview with your host, Phil Halk. Tim Priester, well, Ohio State Week has finally arrived just as we had kind of maybe in the middle of the summer kind of hoped it would or thought it might. Two undefeated teams, two top 10 Blue Bloods, college football game day on campus, Sam Hartman, Marcus Freeman, Indy fans hungry for a great team uh, and a great team victory. Tim, how big is this game? And with your years of experience, where does it rank right now in terms of, of bigness and hype? Well, you know, along with uh, some USC games along the way, um, I mean, 2005, certainly, uh, I think it's in in that realm. Clemson games, you know, these are all, um, you know, these are all teams contending for national titles. I'm not sure that Notre Dame is quite there yet, but if they can somehow find a way to beat Ohio State, which I think everybody around Notre Dame feels uh, very positive about, confident about, then... Notre Dame is probably going to jump up somewhere near the top five. Sam Hartman will probably be in the uh, the Heisman Trophy conversation a little bit more than we've heard. And um, then the challenge really comes because you have a string of games where people will, will, will be shooting at you with that target on your back. Yeah, well, Notre Dame always has a bit of a target, but that target would get just a bit bigger. Um, but – as a journalist, Tim, does the magnitude of a game like this, does it change your routine any as a journalist? Do you feel extra urgency? Do you do extra? Do you do different stuff? I know during these seasons, 
we kind of get on a treadmill, you know, one week after another. But does things change when the game is this big? <laughs> Not really. I mean, I, as you say that, Phil, I think about how players and coaches say, you know, you follow the process and you treat every game the same. We don't have, of course, we don't have to look at it that way, but I don't, there's no doubt that you, you look forward to getting to the stadium and the, and the game starting and everything that goes with it. It's going to be, you know, there's going to be a, a ton of Ohio state fans there. And as you mentioned, game day and the Pat McAfee show and who's going to be the guest picker for the day for, for ESPN. And so, um, you know, it's, it's great. Right. I is we've done this for a long, long time, but you live for the moments where the game really, really matters and the whole country is watching. And this is one of those games where the whole country will be watching. They will. And let's talk about those Ohio State fans in the stadium. Our colleague uh, Pete Sampson wrote an article about that and some steps that maybe have been taken to to try and uh, keep the red out of the stadium because we've seen that red at Georgia in 2017. And uh, the other one that comes right to my mind would have been 2000 Nebraska. Uh, But Notre Dame's trying to be proactive in that area, are they not? Yeah, they are. They they took some steps to make sure that they were able to track where tickets were going with everything digital. Now you can, you can do that a little bit more. So, yeah, I, you know, I, I think a real key thing, Phil, is that, the concept of always the opposing team comes to town and putting all their fans together. Well, no, Notre Dame's not going to do that. They'll give they they gave Ohio State their five thousand allotment, but they spread those seats out, you know, around the stadium. I, I think it will be. I think they've taken Notre Dame has taken the the measures and steps so that the stadium won't be as overrun as it has been in terms of of numbers. If it if it's a if it's an 80-20 breakdown or an 85-15 breakdown, I think Notre Dame will be happy with that, especially since you're spreading out the visiting team tickets around the stadium as opposed to, you know, one rooting interest in, in one side of the stadium and the cameras pan up there and show how many how much red there is. Cincinnati, by the way, would have been another one yeah. in which uh, in which the red invaded Notre Dame. But they yeah, they've they've been proactive and uh you know, with the LED lights, uh, the the wristbands that everybody, the Notre Dame fans will be wearing, I think it'll be a little bit different. It'll be interesting to see. It's going to be a phenomenal night. I am just certain of that. Okay, much more on Ohio State later, but let's talk some about the 41-17 win over Central Michigan last week. Tim, early on, this one seemed, it, it really seemed that Central Michigan was matching the Irish physicality. Uh, but Sam Hartman hit the two deep touchdowns. Uh, and things changed. How important was it that that happened to open things up? Well, I, I, you know, it's it's great for Notre Dame to hit the deep ball. Tobias Merriweather on a 75-yarder and Chris Tyree really getting him unleashed here the, for the first few weeks of the season. Um, you know, that, that, that was really big. Hartman ends up averaging 20 yards a, a completion. And, and I really think that it was, you know, Central Michigan decided that, okay, let's see if you can beat us with the run or, or we're going to over, we're going to overplay the run. If you want to throw the ball down the field, give it a shot. Well, that's exactly what, what happened, what Nordim did. And they did hit those big ones. So it was important that, uh, that that happened. And then, you know, I thought the defense in the second half, not giving up a touchdown, outscoring them 20 to three, there's the expectation that you're going to be perfect every week. And when you're caught between at NC State and then Ohio State coming to town, 
No, Notre Dame wasn't at their sharpest, but they ended up winning, ended up winning by 24, which uh, some of these games against mid-American conference teams don't always end up with a 24-point spread. So ultimately, they did exactly what they needed to do. There have been a few closer calls in the past. There's no doubt about that. And uh, it's nice that Jared Parker obviously has uh, different options that he can go to. Uh, that's the value of having great balance in your offense. Uh, oh, by the way, Tim, after the 75-yard touchdown pass to Merriweather on the first drive, want to guess what Sam Hartman's passing rating was at that time? Because I know... Take a guess. Let's see. It ended up. One, even one, he was one for one at that point. One for one. <laughs> how, how high can that, that number go, Phil? Well, go ahead. Just, just venture a guess. I, I, Have fun. What if I overguess? Uh, <laughs> 320. I don't even know how his, high that number can go. His passing rating was 1,060. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and he completed his next pass after that, if, as I recall, and it went down to 580 or something like that. But that is by far the highest. And I watched those things for some reason all during the game, and I think it's always a kick to see if, if he's passing really good early, you get high numbers, but I'd never seen anything like that. In any event, uh, Tim, uh, 18 penalties by the Irish in the last two games. They had eight last week, 10 two weeks ago. That's a lot. What is, what's the problem? Is this are, are these just penalties of aggression and maybe we shouldn't worry so much about them? Or do, are the Irish playing an undisciplined game? I wouldn't say they're playing an undisciplined game uh, when you when you. When the alt when the score ultimately is so one sided in, in their favor, I wouldn't say that. I would say that you have a couple young guards who have been flagged a few times. Um, Spindler with a hold, and Coogan's jumped uh, jumped ahead of the count a couple times. But like for example, Josh Burnham, who rushed the passer and actually got beyond and and was circling around uh, Jace Bauer from Central Michigan. He got he he ended, ended up getting knocked down, and when he got up. The quarterback was right in front of him and he hit him and he didn't realize the ball had already come out and had already been thrown. So I wouldn't, uh, you know, I, I don't think this is any more of a pattern uh, than the first two games of the year when Notre Dame was, was virtually penalty three, penalty free the first, uh, first couple of games. They need to be dialed in this week in that area. Now, Tim, uh, pass efficiency defense, the Irish as uh, not getting a lot of sacks, for just six and four games. But Marcus Freeman says that pass efficiency rating is really the important thing. So what is the pass efficiency rating? And is Marcus Freeman correct? Well, there's a, I mean, there are a bunch of factors. They add in completion percentage and yardage and yardage per per pass. I actually had to look it up to write it the other day, Phil, so I can't quote it verbatim, yeah. but, uh, you know, it, it, it combines about five or six different categories in it. And frankly, in recent years, especially under Clark Lee, Notre Dame's been really, really good in this area. A number that we've always used as important is yards per pass attempt. And Notre Dame is up there among the leaders once again. So it's a reflection of keeping the passing game in order, not getting burned by it, a very a very low completion percentage. Notre Dame opponents have completed just 44% of their passes. We expect that to to rise as they start to get into some uh some some opponents here that uh, they're a little bit more difficult, but uh 
it's a good number. Um, I, I don't think they'll be uh, number one at the end of the the Ohio State game because Marvin Harrison and those guys may take care of that number. But it, it's still something that uh, that they track, and um, it's a good thing to be number one in the country whenever you can. Yeah, you have to agree with Marcus Freeman. The bottom line is uh, controlling the pass, and the Irish have done that so far. Uh, lots of hurries, passes defended. Uh, those things count as well as sacks, and the Irish are, are number one in the country right now in that area. Tim, if the Irish prevail over Ohio State, will it will that change your view of just how good this? I mean, it'll change your view of how good this team is, but would it change how you project the rest of the season? Uh, it would make me even more nervous about noted him going to playing at Duke, probably a night game at Duke. Not that that's a real difficult place to play, but I get your point, Phil. I mean, yeah, you, you beat Ohio State. It's one thing to, and I don't want to downplay beating Clemson twice within in recent years during the regular season, but you know, Ohio State is a true college football blue blood, one of the greats, one of the greats of all time. And, um, you know, beating Ohio State's just different. Notre Dame, they've lost five in a row to them. All five losses have been by double digits. Uh, you just, you, you can't, um, you, you can't discount the value of beating a program like Ohio State. I, I, I think it would, I, I certainly think the entire nation would stand up and take a look at Notre Dame and say, okay, this is a, this is a legit, final four playoff contending program right now without a doubt you know preseason i predicted 10 and 2 but if notre dame wins this game i just might have to go to 11 and 1 but you mentioned it and i was going to ask you about it for a 10 second reaction but you already mentioned it duke coming up the week after this and we'd probably be remiss i mean you're, you're not supposed to look ahead but we can look ahead duke is really good and notre dame's got to go there after they beat Ohio State this Saturday. That's yeah, that's going to be a challenge. Then you go to Louisville. Then you host USC. Then you host a physical, although not very good, Pittsburgh team. Then you go to Clemson. I mean, it's a, it's a battery of opponents. You know, if you look, I'm not downplaying Duke, but if you look at the stats of their 21-point win over Clemson, if you didn't know who won, and just looked at the stats, you would think Clemson won that football game. So I think clearly Notre Dame is a better team than Duke, but Mike Elko has done an absolutely tremendous job in, in the short time that he's been in Durham. Duke is 3-0, and ranked number 18, and they play winless UConn this weekend. They're likely to be 4-0 and when they take on the Irish. Thanks, Tim. Coming up, it's the all-time Irish hero. Key to an Irish victory, injury report, and the world-famous Irish Illustrated prediction. And lots more on Ohio State. And during the break, it's the Fighting Irish Fact of the Week, brought to you by Ron Wise and the Wise Insurance Agency. This is the 387th edition of Fighting Irish Preview. This is Art Salzburg. I don't speak for a lot of companies, but Shearer McCulloch is a firm that provides a great and much-needed service. As Sharon and I get older, we've been thinking of moving, but frankly, the thought is somewhat overwhelming. That's where Shearer McCulloch comes in with a full-service plan that takes the pressure off. Listen to this. Shearer McCulloch will sell your house, auction the items you don't want to take, then pack everything else and move you. In sports terms, that's a blowout win. Shearer McCulloch uses an international auction platform to make sure your possessions are seen by the right buyers. They'll get top dollar for your special treasures. 
Sheer McCulloch is highly recommended by leading retirement communities and law firms, plus they're AAA with the Better Business Bureau. Call them at 441-8636. That's 441-8636. They'll make your moving experience easy and profitable. Sheer McCulloch. The Fighting Irish Fact of the Week is brought to you by our friends at the Wise Insurance Agency. The original ND Ohio State matchup was voted by sports writers in 1969 as the game of the century. Call Ron Wise at the Wise Insurance Agency or go to thewiseinsuranceagency.com and get an auto or home quote in less than five minutes. Flight by Yingling. It's the next generation of light beer. For those who don't follow trends, but craft them. Flight by Yingling is 12 ounces of uncompromised refreshment from America's oldest brewery. With only 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories, this is premium refreshment six generations in the making. Don't just raise a glass. Raise the bar. Flight by Yingling. Available wherever beer is sold. DG Yingling and Sun Incorporated. Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Please enjoy responsibly. Now back to Fighting Irish Preview with your host, Phil Howell. This is Fighting Irish Preview, the ninth-ranked Irish are at home against number 6 Ohio State this week. TV coverage on NBC starts at 7.30 p.m. South Bend time. And it's now time for the all-time Irish hero, brought to you by the Marina at Lake Gage. Chris Craft, Mastercraft, Vanderbilt, and Premier Pontoons. New and previously owned, we share your boating passion. This season, we are focusing on the best defensive players of the last 25 years. We started with Harrison Smith. Last week, it was Manti Teo. And this week, linebacker Jalen Smith. Over the years, the Irish have had few pure athletes quite like Jalen Smith. 6'3", 237 pounds, tremendous instincts, and he could run the 40 in four and a half seconds. In high school, he was a five-star recruit and led Bishop Lures High School in Fort Wayne, Indiana to four state championships. He committed to Brian Kelly to play in South Bend and arrived on campus in August of 2013. Jalen immediately had an impact, starting all 13 games and recording 67 tackles his freshman year. Brian Van Quarter then arrived as defensive coordinator in 2014 and moved Smith to an inside backer position. That season, he led the team in tackles with 112 and earned his first All-American recognition. His national reputation growing, he embarked on a tremendous junior year that unfortunately ended in calamity. He totaled 115 tackles and won the Butkus Award as the nation's top collegiate linebacker, and he was a consensus All-American. And he led the 2015 Irish to a solid 10-2 and regular season and earned a Fiesta Bowl berth against Ohio State. Smith was flying high and was widely expected to be a top pick in the 2016 NFL Draft. That is when misfortune hit. Many Notre Dame fans will recall the sickening feeling they had when they saw Smith go down with a devastating knee injury early in that game. Not just another ACL tear, the damage was more extensive than that and required an excruciating and extensive rehab. The Cowboys took a calculated risk and drafted Smith early in the second round of the 2016 draft. Jalen worked his way back to health and made his NFL debut in 2017. Some say Smith never was quite the same player he was before the devastating injury, but he went on to a productive and lucrative NFL career. Tim, the physical skills of Jalen Smith were amazing. 
They were indeed, Phil. You know, Notre Dame, uh, Notre Dame pursues a lot of five-star players, but they don't get a ton of them uh, many times because they're not a good fit for Notre Dame, et cetera. But he was, Jalen Smith was a great fit for Notre Dame and an easy, I, you just had to watch one or two plays of him in high school in Fort Wayne to know that uh, he was a five-star player and a, a fantastic prospect for the NFL. Yeah, the the, the injury was was sad. I, I would I would argue or I would add that I don't think Brian Van Gorder used him properly many times. I, he could have been a real terror off the edge rushing the quarterback, and he was pretty conservative with him. But Jalen was a, a really fun to be around, great kid, great representative of Notre Dame, and uh, maybe a six-star prospect as good as he was coming out of he high school. He was good. You know, he was pretty much, I think, top one, two, or three, depending on whose rankings you looked at coming out of high school. And many of those plays you mentioned – at Bishop Lures High School, at least in one game, he was tackling my son, and and boy, did he tackle my son. Jalen Smith, another Marina at Lake Gage, all-time Irish hero. The Marina at Lake Gage, we love boats. And it's now time for the Aspen Mortgage key to an Irish victory. Head coach Ryan Day's Ohio State is 3-0. 11-2 a year ago, they lost to eventual national champion Georgia in the CFP semifinal, 42-41. to This season, the Buckeyes defeated Indiana and Youngstown State in weeks one and two. And last week, they blasted Western Kentucky 63-10. to The Buckeyes have played two quarterbacks this season, but they appear to have settled on 6'3", 215-pound junior Kyle McCord. McCord has completed a shade over 70% of his passes for 815 yards, six TDs, and one interception. He has a stable of outstanding receivers, including Marvin Harrison Jr., who has totaled 304 yards on 14 catches with three touchdowns. Opposite Harrison is Amika Abuka, who has also caught three touchdown passes. Tight end Cade Stover is also a big threat. He has 10 catches so far in 2023. McCord is not particularly a run threat, but doesn't need to be as a stable of talented and physical running backs in Travion Henderson. Chip Tranium and Mayan Williams. Henderson is kind of the lead guy in that group, but they're all going to play. And that group has combined to average 5.2 yards per carry. Defensively, the Buckeyes are loaded. Better than last year, no question. A stout front and outstanding secondary. They are second nationally in scoring defense, allowing 6.7 points per game. And third in total defense at 223.7 yards per game. They rank high in pass efficiency defense at number eight. And in three games, the Buckeyes have given up paltry totals of just 71, 99, and 80 yards rushing. Linebacker Tommy Eichenberg, kid brother of former Notre Dame offensive tackle standout Liam Eichenberg, leads the Buckeyes in tackles with 20. He also has notched a sack and forced a fumble. Now in his fifth full season, Ryan Day has notched an impressive 48-6 record. In contrast, Marcus Freeman is 13-5 and in a little over a year. That looks like an advantage for Ohio State, considering the experience of the coaches. On the other hand, there's another experience issue to look at in this game. Ohio State's quarterback has really limited experience, just three starts to his name, and Sam Hartman has now played in over 50 collegiate games. Tim Priester, what is the Aspen Mortgage key to an Irish victory? So you mentioned how good this Ohio State defense is, and it usually is every year. They haven't given up more than three yards per carry in a game yet. Um, they really held they held down Indiana to seventy one 
Youngstown State had 99, Western Kentucky had 80. My point being, Notre Dame's offensive line, which still has some questions at the, the guard positions, they have to at least get a stalemate with that defensive line. JT Tui Milowau is is really outstanding at, at defensive end. Mike Hall Jr., an interior defensive lineman, was really good against Notre Dame uh, last year. So they they have to make some inroads with their offensive line. Notre Dame has to run the football. I don't I don't like to put yardage numbers on it, Phil, because that can be a little bit deceiving, but it's going to have to be a lot more than what those first three opponents were able to forge against them. So offensive line, it's big boy time. You got to match up with that defensive line and win some win some matchups. Okay, the O line has to hold their own against that stout Ohio State front on their defense. That is Tim Priester's Aspen Mortgage key to an Irish victory. And Tim Priester, who is this week's Aspen Mortgage key player for the Irish? I'm going to switch to the other side of the ball. Both of these matchups are are extremely important. And I'm going to say, I'm going to name two players, one on the back end of the defense and one on the front end. The front end is going to be Javante Jean-Baptiste going against his old team. He needs to get some pressure on McCord which will make him throw uh, to force some passes to the boundary side of the field to Marvin Harrison, where Notre Dame cornerback Cam Hart should be. So on the front end, Javante Jean-Baptiste. On the back end, Cam Hart. Okay, Javante Jean-Baptiste needs to brush the passer and get some stops. And Cam Hart, those are your two Aspen Mortgage key Irish players this week. Aspen Mortgage, for all your mortgage needs, call 486-LOAN. Okay, more on Ohio State, Tim. Give us give us one thing on each team. Biggest advantage in this game for Ohio State and biggest advantage for Notre Dame. Well, I mean, just sheer ability. Sam Hartman clearly is the most experienced, as you mentioned, and a guy that can really light it up. Notre Dame has to take advantage of that uh, opportunity that they have there. And then Marvin Harrison and, and Mecca Buka are – Really, there's, there isn't a better combination of wide receiver than those two. So uh, I think Nordy matches up pretty well with them, but, uh, you know, that, that's, uh, the, the wide receivers are as good as you're going to find in the country. Yeah. Biggest strength for Ohio State, that receiving core. And there's more behind those two guys and the, Biggest advantage for Notre Dame, it continues to be as it has been in every game so far, I'd say, Sam Hartman, who is having an extraordinary season. And it's now time for the injury report brought to you by Indiana Physical Therapy, your choice for physical therapy now with 22 Indiana locations. Tim, how are the Irish health-wise going into Game 5? And, and the news has been pretty good this week. Yeah, things have improved for Mitchell Evans, the tight end who uh, – was out with a concussion against Central Michigan. He's an underrated player for Notre Dame because uh, Jared Parker, the offensive coordinator, talks about how good he is in the run fits. And in order to run the football, as we were talking about against his front, uh, it's all hands on deck. Tight ends have to block very well, and Evans is Notre Dame's best blocker so, at the tight end position. So he'll be back. And Gabe Rubio is another guy. He's, he's been out with a knee injury for the past few weeks. Notre Dame needs to be stout in the middle of that uh, in the middle of that defensive line. Rubio hit the ground running this week and should be ready to go. I do want to throw out Sam Hartman's name because he did he did some kind of damage to that knee uh, last week. Came back in and played, but you know hopefully that is not an issue. He's up and running a hundred percent. 
obviously Notre Dame needs Sam Hartman at his best. Yeah, absolutely. That's their biggest advantage, as we've said a couple of times. Thanks, Tim. And that is the Indiana Physical Therapy Injury Report. And it's now time for the world-famous IrishIllustrated.com prediction brought to you by SES Environmental. Need help navigating environmental risk and with regulatory compliance? You need SES. Look them up at sesadvantage.com. Tim Priester, Vegas says Ohio State by three. What does America's foremost authority say? Well, first of all, and I said this with NC State, I, I see this as a very low scoring game, and that one was until things got out of hand in the fourth quarter. So I, I don't, I, I mean, I, first, first team to 30 for first team to 30 wins, but I don't think either team. I think there's a good chance neither team gets in the 30s. I think it's lower scoring. Um, Ohio State has some issues along their offensive line, too, more so than Notre Dame, quite frankly, because they lost first, fourth, and six rounders on their line. So I think it's low scoring. I think I think um, Ohio State has their issues moving the football on Notre Dame and vice versa. But ultimately, the the advantage of the quarterback, look, when, you, when it gets playoff time, when it comes national championship time, and it's a matchup of quarterbacks. The better one wins. Sam Hartman, clearly the more experienced, the more capable in a situation like this. Kyle McCord going on the road. He's been on the road and played at IU. Uh, but this is a whole different animal, Notre Dame Stadium, Saturday night. I truly, legitimately believe that Notre Dame will win this football game. I have Notre Dame 27, Ohio State 23. 27 to 23 in favor of the Irish. That is Tim Priester's world-famous Irish Illustrated prediction. Tim, I I think the gap in talent between these two teams, which was apparent in this series for the last couple of years, is still there a bit. But I think the Irish have closed that just in the last year. And so the Irish are at home. They have the better quarterback. The time is now. I'm picking it to be a little more higher scoring than you, but not by much. I'm taking Notre Dame 31, Ohio State 30. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Phil. Go Irish, and thanks for listening to Fighting Irish Preview. Special thanks to Jim Shovelin, Brett Rump, Art Salzberg, and studio producer Adam Schenkel. For more Fighting Irish Preview, check out FightingIrishPreview.com and also listen to and subscribe to our podcast, available on all podcast platforms. Fighting Irish Preview is the copyrighted property of Judge Phil Productions. Podcasts by Federated Media.